The Hard Shoulder on News Talk with Nissan's big electric switch. Scrappage is now available on your old car when you switch to a 100% electric Nissan Leaf. It's Thursday. It's that time of the week where Tom Dunn drops in to talk all matters musical. Take a listen. And welcome to the first show on Radio 2. Yeah, well, we've been waiting for an, oh, an all-day nationwide music station for a long time. Now we have it. We're going to bring you 19 and a half hours of the best sounds every day. Music for everyone. Our first disc comes from the five Dublin lads who took the international scene by storm and proved an Irish group could top the British charts. Yes, indeed, the Boomtown Rats. Like clockwork lads. <laughs> Uh, Tom, you want to pay tribute to A joy. To Larry. A joy to listen to there. His voice just jumped out of the radio. Um, he meant so much to so many people. And I think during the week, um, I think that was really coming very strongly to me were what he meant to Irish bands. Because for very many Irish bands, he was he was the most important play that you got. You might have had Dave, Dave Fanning playing in the evening, but you were aware of the fact that very often it was just other bands listening to that. So when he played you, he was putting you into the mix of the Beatles and the Stones and Radiohead and The Cure and then your band. And it meant the world. It was like your band became a real entity when, when you heard Larry Gogan saying the name of your band. So he put so many bands on the map. He was so enthusiastic about Irish music, played Irish music all the time. Sometimes played bands who really had no right to get airplay. They, they were never going to threaten the charts, but it still meant the world to them to get played. And uh, people all over the country were contacting me and saying how much that meant. What distinguishes him from being another DJ? It's the incredible enthusiasm that, that he brings to the table. He he was very happy to be called a DJ. Some people get very shirty about that and say, no, I'm a broadcaster. He he said, no, I'm a DJ. And my, but my real thing I do is tying records together and never letting the energy slip and just having them so beautifully chosen. And the records are brilliant. So I think when somebody is inventive and adds their, their passion to that, it makes it for a very enjoyable few hours of radio. And I can remember listening to him when I would have been no more than a babe in arms. I can remember him when he was in our kitchen with my mother and my father. And it was like this wonderful world coming from the radio, a, radio, a real glamorous world. And his voice seemed to put across that excitement of the whole thing and just it would get your attention. And, and how did such an oldie then survive? That is one of the great mysteries. Like, you know, people say they listen to it in yep. their youth. He had a very youthful voice and he's very very youthful enthusiasm and the enthusiasm never waned. And he was able he was very big in the voiceover market and I think that's because he was able to present he, he was an actor when he was fourteen. And I think there was a little bit of that acting in him. He he brought that you know, radio enthusiasm, which never waned. And he did a simple thing, but he did it extremely well. So it never went away. Tell us about your own interaction with I, him. I had many interactions with him, but there was one I, I, I treasured uh, part of the outcome of it. He had an award in 2005. He had so many awards, I can't remember what this one was for. But Terry Wogan came over. And Terry Wogan was very funny in his speech about Larry. Very funny. And the next day I wrote about it in my Evening Herald article, a Herald article at the time. And uh, then, lo and behold, through my letter. Box, this letter which I have in my hand. Not a solicitor's letter, no. Not 
not a solicitor's letter for a change. Dear Tom, just a quick note to say thank you very much for devoting the whole page of your Evening Herald article. Uh, very kind of you. I really appreciate it. Um, hope you enjoyed the night of the brunch and it was a good bit of crack. Continued success on your great career. Love. Uh, best wishes, Larry Gogan. I have to say, when that came through my letterbox, I just, it gave me pause for thought. And I've kept it. That's 14 years ago now. I've kept it ever since and we'll keep it forever. Every time you'd bump into him, he was as genuine and as warm and as enthusiastic in normal life. Because I just once the, the red light goes on, I fake. I they mean, put like, you in you know, their yeah. box. They nail down. You know, they keep you away from the sun. Yeah, I mean, like apparently before he went on air, as the red light, he smiled. I mean, that guy scowled. Yeah. I mean, like for heaven's sake, this kindness and a lot of that affection and being a yeah. gentleman. Honestly, who wants that in the modern I, age? I bumped into him once in a voiceover studio, and uh, I was delighted just to be in the same queue as him. And he said, "Tom, I'm in a bit of a rush. Would you mind if I went ahead of you?" And I said, "Larry, go ahead of me." And then it seemed like thirty seconds later, he was walking back out of the studio so I looked at him in confusion and said what's the story Larry did you not do the voiceover and he said Tom I did it in two different styles and he was gone out the door that was him well, <laughs> see if you can fake sincerity exactly uh, and, and tell me what's his legacy he's buried tomorrow sadly there's, in there's a whole um, his family is his legacy number yeah, one and, and, and lovely family and, and uh, I'm, I'm friendly with God I, three different he's, he's five Jared, children Orla, Jared Orla, David, David Gronje, Gronje. Orla teaches one of my children uh, Jared I know very well I've worked with David in the past they're they're, you probably owe money to all of them. I've owed money to absolutely all of them. <laughs> they're, they're, okay. There is legacy. So his, leg, his legacy, musically, musically, I think he brought a level of enthusiasm and interest in Irish music that is a measure for other presenters to live up to. He just, he never shirked from it. He was happy to play everyone and it meant the world to them. Okay, lovely words. May he rest in peace. Now, Tom's Album of the Week. Tom, it must have been a slow week. I mean, as far as that was out 40 years ago. 50. Yeah. 1963. Larry Gogan would have so been So that's your it. album of it this is, week. yeah. It was my January album. January 2019, yeah. something I, that happened. Yeah. I've wanted to have it as my album of the week probably for the last nine months since, since it was reissued. And I bought it for myself over Christmas. I gave it to one of the girls to wrap for me and put it under the tree. And it was one of the best presents I got. Um, it's an album from 63. It's just been reissued, or just recently. And up to this, it hadn't been available before. And to say it's worth getting your hands on is an understatement. Ray Charles was a, a soul and blues singer at the absolute peak of his powers, but he had an artistic control clause in his contract. And he said, I want to do an album of country music. And his record label said, you're mad, but they couldn't interfere. So he did an album of tracks like I Can't Stop Loving You, You Don't Know Me, Hey Good Looking, Born to Lose. And the record company were saying this is going to destroy your career for, for a start. You're a black artist and this is a white world you're moving into. And he said it doesn't matter about the colour, listen to the music. And he couldn't have been more right. It was the biggest album of his career. They were the biggest hits of his career. And it's a gem from beginning to end. So I thought I would take the occasion of a quiet week in January just to point people towards it and say, honestly, if you pick this up, you'll be doing yourself a favour. Okay, it's Ray Charles' two-volume Modern Sounds in Country and Western Music and it features all his classics. 
they all went on to be the biggest hits of his career. Tracks like that, you can't stop loving me. And, any any um, co singing with others or the, on all solo? No, all solo. And they'd all be songs from people like uh, Don Gibson and people like him, great country and western songwriters. But he's just such an amazing singer, and it's great arrangements too. If you get it on vinyl, you know my love of vinyl, which is how much back would it cost? About twenty euro. Twenty euro. Yeah, that's money well See, spent. Yeah, you get you get that wrapped. I got socks and jocks again from my kids. I mean, for heaven's sake. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I got marmalade and and uh, candles from Audrey from one of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, kids, they have no taste. I don't know what to okay, say. okay, I, I just want cash. Uh, all right, your kids uh, won't give you cash. I know this is what I found. Tom's gig of the week. I'm just like my mother. She said, only she hides it better. I see colors and words. I'll draw pictures for you. Come hear me speak about my longings. Oh my goodness! Oh my cruelty! You're not on about this guy, David Keenan. I am, David Keenan, yeah. I felt, I felt he was hard done last week because last week was really just one day. I made him the album of the week, but I only had one live show that week, so I felt he was being hard done by. So he's uh, launching that album this Friday in Tower Records. He's playing the Olympia next Monday night, and then he's doing loads of different rec- record shops around the country next week. So if you're in Galway on Tuesday, he'll be in Chivago. If you're in Limerick on Wednesday, uh, he'll be in Steamboat, I think it is. He's in another record shop in Dundalk. So your chance to see him. It's a beautiful album, a great start the year beginner's guide uh, to bravery is the name of it and i think he's i think he's absolutely one to watch by the way i've discovered that george ezra you know your your mm. mate that you mm. you harass me with all mm. the time mm. his songs are written by a guy called phil potts i think his name is from a band called athlete who are one of my bands so i just want you to know that it's people in my world who make the people in your world look good just so you know. <laughs> What's this about the David Bowie weekend? All this weekend, if you throw a stone over your shoulder you'll find in Dublin, you'll find some event to do with David Bowie. It's the David Bowie Festival. It's an annual that, thing. Because he died at this time or what? It's a combination of two things. He was born at this time. He was born right. on January the 8th and then he died on January the 10th. So, so what type of, of gigs are we talking about? Uh, a lot like, of them are talking gigs. Not a lot this of them hologram are, stuff that you're No, talking. none of that hologram stuff. But one of his most famous albums was The Man Who Sold the World. It's 50 years old and it was the first time that he got to meet the producer Tony Visconti who went on to produce most of his work after that and the drummer Woody Woodmansey who also played with him for years and the two of them are together in the Olympia on Saturday night playing the entire album and then on Sunday they're in conversation with Tony Clayton Lee in the Royal uh, Is there a website that you can you there can access is, all the, it must um, be, if you Google David Bowie yeah, weekend Dublin Dublin Bowie Festival IE and it'll give you all the events. But uh, Bowie lovers, there's something for all of you out there. Okay, so you're you're probably curator of that. You're an nope. agent for David Keenan. No, nope. have we? Is there anything else we need to I'm plug just, for? Tom? Do you know what I'm doing in the midst? I'm I'm being the Larry Gogan of all this. I'm pointing people in the direction of good stuff. Right. Let's throw to the news. Uh, let's restore order. Eamon is back. <laughs> 